Gilad Carney, thank you for joining me. Thank you for coming on the Dancing Paradox podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'm excited. I think you are the first, uh, perhaps, uh, former athlete that I meet that are also interested in uh, such uh, topics and then uh, give a platform for that. Uh, so let's have a fun conversation. Yeah, and I think that's what sort of drawn me uh, to your your uh, energy field, as it were, because... Um, like a lot of these type of conversations, you could label them spirituality or psycho-spirituality or non-duality or things like that. Uh, they get very philosophical very quickly and there's not much practicality and pragmatism and things like that going on. So when I read that you were a former uh, athlete and uh, been in, in, in the Israeli forces and things like that, that sort of resonated with me because I'm at that stage in my life where... I still want to go out there and and create things and and build businesses and things like that. And a lot of other people in this um, in the communities, the spiritual communities, they don't tend to have any uh, will for that. I've always felt a little bit incongruent in those circles, um, and vice versa in the um, achievement circles, as it were. Again. Uh, there's always been a bit of incongruency when you start going hang on the ethics and things like that aren't quite fitting. So thank you for coming on. Um, can you just give us a very brief, very brief background into, into who uh, Gilad is? I, I enter this, uh, this uh, answer and question um kind of differently every time. And then I, I learn a lot when more and more I am asked uh, about mm. it. Um, and when I'm trying to be in alignment even with, with what I'm guiding people on or, or the message that I'm sharing or, or being present is the nature of our experience. And, and there is always newness to it because it doesn't carry anything from past to the present. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, 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 for me, the answer to who we are, who, are, who am I, when any of us encounter, is also always new, the, the moment it's being asked. Uh, in, in the business space, often, especially having businesses that, that are us as professionals, it, it often needs to come with all of this story that is well-crafted mm -hmm. and, and, and repeatable. Uh, so, so you can say it every time. Uh, but the, the more I encounter the question, and the more I'm staying present with, with myself, I recognize how, how it will be new every time it's being asked, because, because in a way we are new every time. Mm. Um, who am I? I feel, I feel like the, 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 uh, in, in every moment when it's being asked, it's, it's, I'm, I'm being present with, with the experience that is happening right now. Uh, and the nature of my experience is being present. Mm. Uh, and and in a way, when I'm being asked, this is this is the the the, the most true answer I can give uh, about who I am. Um, if we go into background uh, of things that are not here, and 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 stories that are not here that that are also important, not not uh, dismissing them. Mm. Um, a, a little bit of a 
kind of highlight points uh, in, in my background that, that brought me here, perhaps. Our, uh, I grew up in Israel, in Jerusalem, Israel. I now, I now live in the U.S. Uh, while also working in English and then joining the podcast here in English. Um, so obviously just by this nature, experienced uh, a lot of uh, conflict in, in, uh, in the space I grew up in. Uh, spent some time in the military, like uh, all Israeli citizens, uh, then a decade as a basketball player. And actually, what I remember from you from our last conversation mm. prior to this uh, podcast, and I asked you a little bit how you got into uh, non-dual understanding and, and curiosity about the nature of ourselves and, and what brought you here. You said something like, you know what, at some point that t- person was no longer there. The, that the type athlete type cast that was wanting to fight everything and then very ego driven and then self driven was no longer there, uh, and that was beautiful. I really remember you sharing that, and and I think that's the best description, really. The, that kind of energy or identity, call it or, or type of functioning, at some point was no longer there. The drive remained, even even expanded the ambition and stuff like that, but all the harmful activity around it suddenly dissolved and all interest to engage in in such uh, activities and behaviors that are detrimental was just not there at some point. Uh, yeah. So actually, I, I learned from you a, a nice way to describe uh, my experience as well. So thank you. Yeah. Um, did you ever struggle with, or do you struggle now at all with, uh, uh, I don't want to use the word fitting in because that's obviously you don't, it's, it's a bit of a, a rejected term here, but do you ever struggle in either arena as it were? Like we mentioned before this podcast there's a paradox going on between the spiritual communities and the, the high achiever business communities do you feel like there's a clash there or if not how do you sort of reconcile them yeah i i i feel like often through the lenses of other people mm. it, it feels like unmatching or unfitting uh, because you are you either high performer and, and, and driven and then you know all all about um a performance success, uh, call it whatever you want, uh, or your spiritual, whatever connotation that has, and, and you meditate and you do yoga and, and you read spiritual texts. Uh, again, it's, it's, I don't hold uh, any of these uh, uh, kind of ideas. There is a, there is a lot of um, conditioning or perceptions of even what being spiritual means, right? Mm. Um so I, I feel like through the lenses of, of other people and our social conditioning, there is a lot of dualistic thinking uh, about these two areas. Um, and and to your question, in a way, I I I all I I love both spaces. That mm. that and 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 I in a way find myself in both of them, but also in a way often feel like it doesn't embrace the whole of myself because I, I feel very connected with, with both both spaces uh, in, in yeah. all of the spiritual understanding and, and how it calls us to be in the world from a place of, of a compassion and understanding and, 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 and non, 
discrimination in, in how we, we we view the world and, and what we call to be other than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that, amazingly enough, doesn't compromise any drive, any ambition, any uh, creativity, any uh, uh, will to, uh, to, to grow. Uh, and I think we have amazing examples of that over history of people that I really uh, see as, as amazing uh, activists or leaders or teachers. Again, we, we can call them whatever you want, from uh, people like Gandhi to Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm. Uh, the, the most compassionate, understanding, um, non-violent people that created the amazing change. They didn't come with any lack of performance, uh, impact, anything, right? Uh, so I, I I love to merge both of them. And and, and I would suggest to, to encourage people to, to look at it the same because both of them can enhance the other space. Yeah. We, we can perhaps look at it a little bit like a yin and yang. So how do you um, include the the the, the uh, non-dual living or or I don't know how to use the word philosophy because it isn't that but how do you sort of embody that and encompass that in your business and your day to day existence? That's a good question. Um, we can call it alignment, maybe, uh, and 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 make sure that every uh, from every internal. A process that we have of our thoughts and 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 behavior and actions, um, to to external processes, business operations, uh, the way we show up as leaders, the, the people that we work with, the the the, uh, the community that we gather, all to be in alignment with with how um, our true nature. Mm freely expresses itself through us. Um, so th- we, we all share the same nature to our existence, though the expression of it is very uniquely uh, individualistic. So like like we look at nature and, and not all trees look the same and not all animals look the same. The How it expresses itself is, is very uniquely mm-hmm. through each person, why, why it's so beautiful, uh, but, but to make sure it, it's in alignment with that. Uh, the, the easiest hint into it is is to look at it as uh, the qualities of it are uh, perhaps freedom, unconditional freedom and joy, um, love to to everyone and everything, uh, and make sure that everything we create is 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 a result of of, of me being in that connection to mm-hmm. to to our true nature, and not not in the thought that there is. I, I can do something against some external so-called environment and get personal gain. That 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 never works. Obviously, we see it at this point. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what probably Carl Jung would call individuation, uh, becoming the individual against the the collective mind, if you like. And I'm, I'm very conscious of not tarring that as bad and negative. Uh, but as you say there, nature only creates uniqueness. And it, it does seem that like rec- the recognition of true nature, self-realization, if you like, is that that individuation that Jung and other people have spoken about. And um, it, it, it comes across to me as like a complete rejection 
of worldly affairs. However, you cannot actually leave the worldly affairs, but it may be the the, the be in the world but not of it, and and uh, wear the world like a loose cloak. I think the saying is something like that. And I sometimes, so I can only speak here that I struggle with that sometimes, and it, it's a bit neurotic to be honest. It'll keep playing over in the mind that. Should I be doing this or shouldn't I be doing this? Am, am I overstepping the, the line here? And should I be maybe being more of a hermit? Because that's I tend to feel in my nature that I'm quite, well, I am introverted. I ha- this is, I started this podcast to actually, uh, for self-development purposes, because I'm a very introverted person. I didn't want to put myself out. So then I just started a podcast. I thought, well, sod it. Let's just do it, right? So... Mm-hmm. I feel often that I am sort of fighting against that nature, but I question then whether that's cultural conditioning to keep you in compartmentalized way of being, or is it that is my DNA? So that that is always going on in my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great question, you know, and, and I think even uh, science gets uh, more into it. Uh, one of the books I really love is uh, Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even there, there is uh, an example and, and, and research about even how DNA uh, shows up very differently uh, in, in a different psychological, emotional environment. Uh, so uh, within our body, the, the function or the activation of the DNA, and I'm not an expert in a, any of what I'm saying right now. I just, what I learned from, from his work and, and just just self-study about uh, um, uh, topics like that. Um, in, in the same way, again, it's it's so easy to see it with, with our environmental um, um, situation right now. The the, the 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 function or or the health of the environment of of the of living organisms change radically based on the nutrients that are feeding it. It's it's very simple mathematics here, you know. It's it's not a, it, it's in a way it's funny that it's like some groundbreaking research um, and 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 understanding that oh wow it, it how I feed my body not only in food in in, in thoughts and and in perception and in and in, in the conditioning that comes with it actually affect the 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 biology and the behaviors of it or and it's it should be the most simplistic <laughs> understanding that that each of us should learn when we are five six seven eight we, we spend so many years in the education system no one has ever told us anything about ourselves we 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 only been told things about uh, things information, but that's because probably they don't know, or they have no direct experience of that. And the the, the in a sense, the blind lead the blind, and then that is uh, to me at least the collective is like a, a continually fed by itself, and you get the odd person that will sort of put the head above the parapet. And culture will shoot that down because it's tall poppy syndrome. And um, I think conversations like this uh, are, are very important in the world 
And I, I see it in the numbers, to be fair, the they don't get as much traction as, I don't know, how to make a million dollars in a week. Yeah. <laughs> like people will be watching yeah. that because that is the, the collective psyche. That's where it's at. Whereas if it's more, uh, let's say deeper for the lack of a better term, the deeper conversations, generally speaking, don't get that traction because the world simply isn't ready to be listening to it. Uh, there, there are probably so many layers to to why it's happening, right? Um, mm. I, I think one of the things that uh, evident in our economical structure is that we use we use a collective or individual addiction or, or traumas to we we don't heal it we we use it to generate revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, the way so many um, marketing pipelines thing uh, work and and, and advertisement and is is feeding into the addiction that's been developed to consumerism, to to seeking, to um, uh, to a dualistic belief. Mm-hmm. Um, to to childhood traumas that the generational trauma that all of us have uh, it's it's n- none of us are um, are uh, not not part of it um, and and we we found a way to monetize it so so people that are healers or calling for um, um, a different message or a different approach become. Um, a very very small portion you know because because it's not 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 supporting the current economical structure we, we can build an amazing economical structure that based in freedom and unity and and mm-hmm. and, and, and and understanding of uh, the shared nature of ourselves what would that look like do you think you don't have to give me an economic degree of course but what do yeah. you how would that look to you because uh, do you know Charles Eisenstein? Uh, I'm not sure. No, it doesn't sound familiar. I think he's a Canadian guy. He wrote a book called Sacred Economics. Okay. And essentially it was, um, uh, how would you say, volunteerism, I'd say. Where you just pay what you sort of want to pay. And he gave a compelling case to it. But in practical reality, I'm thinking... Can this work? So I guess my question to you is what would an economic system that benefits people, what would that look like? It's one of my passion projects. Again, it's not oh. I'm not I'm not an economist at all. Um uh, and it's not not within my, my area of um, formal expertise. Uh, yet it's it's a it's a passion project that I have to create a, a different economical structure. Uh, what would it look like? Um, I'll, I'll brainstorm with you right now. Let's see if we come up with good ideas. Um, I think the basic, if, in my, if, from, in my yeah. opinion, the very basis of it, right? We go not, we're digressing here, but the very basis of money should be uh, a real thing. Fiat is not a real thing. It's an idea that we've created, right? So I, yeah. in my opinion... This is why I like Bitcoin and I invest in Bitcoin. That's, again, for a different topic. Yeah. But that I'm... is actually a, a set thing and we know what it is. There's a set amount. There's never going to be any more of it. 
So we can look at gold and silver that we've used forever until we've got the printing press. We've used gold and silver. Mm. Or we go to Bitcoin or something similar whereby it's a set code. It's never going to change and man, man's corruption can never corrupt it. So that's got to be the basis in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, if we start from the deepest layer, we can, the, the economical, any structure, any system mm. will change the more and more people come together around uh, understanding of, of our shared nature. Mm. Uh, the, the systems currently are built on the leading paradigm, which is a paradigm of separation and, and, and division and separate existences. Uh, so uh, the systems are always built around an organizing principle, uh, like, like religions, like any, any gathering of, of uh, human beings. And uh, a guiding principle right now is is I am separate from someone else, and that and and thus we need to build borders between ourselves, and and that and and next step it's okay to do whatever we want to that person on the on the other side of the border. Uh, so um, even regulations and, and 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 rules and law will will naturally adjust themselves when more and more people come together and say, I, I also recognize that we share the, the same nature of our being and there is no reason to fight for existence because existence is unconditional and, and it's not individual uh, to me or to you. It, 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 it exists freely and there is no reason we need to fight over it. Um, if I take it on, on, on now, like from the individual, I jump, I leap to, to the bigger systems. Um, I see that we spend trillions of dollars a year on on systems of um, war, mm. oppression, uh, defense mechanisms, trillions of dollars a year, right? In military, uh, polices, incarceration, uh, all of that, um, that important in, in the current reality, right? In, in the current reality, that they're part of the system. Mm. But, but on when 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 we get to the space, I imagine an economy where these trillions of dollars do not go to systems of of division and 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 war and oppression. They go into systems of education, community, uh, resources, uh, building bridges instead of borders. Mm-hmm. That's so simple. To, to me, mm-hmm. it seems you know it, it looks like a radical idea, but. For me, what is a radical idea is the current reality that that we spend so much money as a global community on on systems of uh, of oppression and um, and defense. Uh, so, what would it look like if if trillions of dollars a year as a global economy are oriented into um, spaces that 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 are the opposite of oppression and defense and mm-hmm. and um, and and war, we, 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 and and obviously the system right now doesn't work, so it, it's not even small adjustments, you know, uh, that that will be. The system right now doesn't work. It's, it's very evident to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I and and the way there that I see the only way there is collectively more and more. More and more of us understanding that that we are not separate, that 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 the nature of our being is is oneness, is is shared, and and it's not uh, divided by by individual mind bodies. 
this these are uh, some of my ideas <laughs> yeah and i completely concur with that i guess the question that comes to me there is to what degree are the systems that we've got in place now merely a reflection of the psyche you talk about corruption and oppression and uh, yeah all those similar things to what degree is that which resides in us merely reflecting outwards into the world and and playing out that way so would that system exist if enough people were more compassionate and understanding would the would the legs fall off the donkey uh, i think the function of them will change uh, because uh, let's if we take uh, uh, for example um, the prison system uh, mm. so so uh, out of the view that there is a broken uh, individual and, and that, that 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 is harmful mm. uh, we 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 need to lock them in a cell uh, but in in that moment we we only removed uh, an immediate threat we, we we didn't change we didn't do any change we only removed the immediate threat which is important mm-hmm. um but but the the view to it is is um is not sitting on on understanding because what we are addressing is is symptoms the, the person there isn't a broken person there is there is perception and conditioning and trauma that's operating that individual mind body mm. there there isn't a person there that is that is really making the choice yeah uh, what's oper- so treating the person would never lead to change we we, we need to treat the, the, the suffering we need to treat the perception or, or the trauma that's operating that individual um uh, but 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 that cannot be seen by by the people who who lead the systems if if we don't recognize that that this is what operating ourselves as well mm-hmm. that we also being we, it, it, we think we are we are that individual free will um, entity that that has complete agency of our experience but we don't realize how much of it is just perception trauma and conditioning that's actually creating this movement of of what we call uh, my mind and my body yeah do you guys uh, do trauma trauma work um with your clients is that what you do or do you mainly focus on the uh awareness aspect of it or do you again intertwine the two the beauty in in this space of of a transformational work and and guiding into again one's true nature if we if we call it like that um there isn't i'm i'm not a, a therapist and i'm not a, you know so i i don't focus on um, on traumas as my focus mm-hmm. of my work um, but the beauty of of inviting people to that kind of um, look into themselves mm. and 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 offering them the space and presence to to really go into it which which a lot of it is a lot of it is just enabled by by the professionals presence and and and, and beingness uh, is that there is a lot of healing that's happening mm. to to traumas uh, from childhood to to present um 
So is it a focus that people come to me for trauma and then we focus on that? No. Is is there's a lot of healing that's happening? Yes. Because mm-hmm. and, and this is what's really beautiful about it. It it, it in a way it, it, because the, the openness of 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 the body and the mind and then the person into looking at things and, and re- removing what we're doing a lot is just dissolving wrong perceptions and, and conditioning and, and and limiting beliefs um and 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 wrong views about who who we are at our core so there's just a lot of healing uh, again same if we, if we take it to nature if if, if we have a, a soil that we before put uh, harmful nutrients into it, and then we slow, even before we put anything positive so-called into it, we are just starting to remove all the harmful conditions. So this soil suddenly becomes very fertile and then grows a vegetation and then fruit and, 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 and creating an, a, a very lively ecosystem. Uh, if I take it to another passion of mine that I've been uh, exploring for earlier a little bit, it's, it's not part of my profession, but um, healing and uh, improving the body through nutrition, a, a, a lot of just the removal of harmful nutrients that we consume already creates healing, physical healing in the body. Mm. Uh, f- fasting is, is one of the most powerful healing mechanisms. So it's not about consuming even better things. First, let's remove a lot of the gunk and the accumulation of things that we created. And then what's happening in the mind and body and the person's experience is, is, is amazing. Uh, and is there importance to work with a professional that that they, they do focus on uh, on trauma specifically and 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 can take that also important de- depending on obviously the needs of of people. Uh, have you gotten much into it yourself in uh, trauma work? Or I I know that you are very interested in the old non-dual uh, <laughs> understanding and and. Um, and inquire about it, but uh, mm. what what kind of I guess uh, what do you expose yourself uh, in in kind of the work that you've done on yourself? Yeah, so what, as as you mentioned earlier, it was like about ten years ago now, something like that, and it was just an immediate uh, life presented itself in such a way that the the current identity had no choice; there was no way out; it had to stop. So it was like, oh, okay, uh, I need to mm. I need a bit of help here. Uh, and that was sort of the beginning of the journey. Um, and I just consumed every book I could get my hands on over the next few years. And and that led me to ayahuasca, the psychedelic uh, plant medicine. So I've done that a few times. And uh, that was probably my first glimpse into what people might call non-duality or something. Um, and when I so- started hearing people talk about that, that's what sort of gripped me because it was like, oh, okay, they're talking what that was. I didn't have a reference for it. But then obviously when, as you listen to more and more people talk about that topic uh, or non-topic as it is, it, it becomes a philosophy, right? And it's just like, oh, it's, I don't need to listen to that anymore. It's just, I get it. I live it. I'm an example of it in my day-to-day life. So I don't need to keep uh, consuming that type of information and everything. And 
but with that, even being able to rest in the beingness and in, in the awareness of, of life, uh, I do notice still very, very vividly uh, today, lots of patterns and uh, uh, conditions that are consist consistently running and, and it's a, whether they, I work on them probably every single day. A lot of it is through self-inquiry work. I do do um, psychedelics. I work with shamanic uh, substances as well, like certain types of, um, it's called hape, certain types of nicotine and things like that. And it's very grounding and a lot of thoughts come up and I start to witness them, where they're coming from, where they're going to, all these different things. So yeah, it's very much self-inquiry and, and direct experience rather than reading books and trying to, figure it all out from the books it's just right where's that coming from why am i angry now where's the anger arisen from has something happened there um so yeah it's very i suppose personal in a sense I, I don't there's no reference point that i can say go there and check that out because yeah i haven't got that yeah well what what is the answer or the 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 what do you learn about preserving the thoughts, where they come from and where they go to? Is, is there is there an answer to it? What have I learned? Um, I did. I do question the Buddha. I do question the Buddha where he said... Uh, I love that. Yeah, he did say something like that. that something like, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's something like um, Nirvana is the space between two thoughts or something like that. That's the same. Mm -hmm. And I don't actually believe, and that's a strong word, believe that to be true. I think it comes out, thoughts come out of the place that it resides back into. Um, so there's no like thought, nirvana, thought in the Buddha's words. It's nirvana, 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 thought comes out of nirvana, goes back to nirvana, nirvana, nirvana all the time. So that's sort of a, the, the best I've got really. I don't think it's a, something that can be worded so I'm sorry to let, uh, disappoint you on that one. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And, and, and I actually love that you say that you question uh, the Buddha. I, I, I never met a guy, but I, no. I, assume, <laughs> I, I, I assume that he would uh, have encouraged it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's something very important uh, to do in any, any school of thought, any philosophy, any, any space. Um, like it's it's important to question how we are in the high performance space and then our coaches and our leaders. It's important to question. You don't question the person. You question the understanding because without questioning, you can you cannot come to the felt experience. And 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 teachers are, I I think the teachers are wonderful in in two aspects. What you learn from them that you take for yourself, and and what you learn from them that you do completely different um, it's not too welcomed i think in in, in the traditional education system perhaps um but but, but the only real learning here that, that is beyond just uh, consuming information is the questioning of, of what we we are observing and then what we are being um receiving or, or encountering with information, a teacher, a, a parent, our own thoughts, our world. Uh, it doesn't, it, they, you know, this is what scientists do, the researchers, they, they just question everything. This is why I am very connected to actually that part without 
there's there's a lot of uh, alignment I think that can happen with between the the understanding of who we are and and, and science. But mm. the whole the whole questioning is just is such a phenomenal process, and then I think we are being taught very early to uh, maybe be afraid of it. Yeah, because uh, because certainty and and clarity are being. Um, being worshipped uh, in in and answers are being worshipped everywhere. Even you in in the if I take it to the business marketing space, uh, all of it is built on clarity, clarity, clarity. Find your message. Uh, you know w- w- what someone like like me does that the the message about who you are is new in every moment. Uh, so where wh- where is the clarity and and where is the messaging? Um, mm. um, you know. Mm. So uh, I if think all that- of us. I think they're called Socrates, something like the first Western Zen monk, because he just <laughs> he just questioned everything. Why do we do it like this? And I think the famous quote is something like, all I know is I know nothing. And you just keep questioning, questioning, questioning. He got killed for it in the end, I think. But he, uh, yeah, he, he, that, yeah, that's what they labeled him, the first Western Zen monk. I, I completely concur with what you say. Mm. You mentioned nutrition, Gilad. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we just touch on that? What, you, the body mind is obviously a very important thing. It carries the nervous system. Um, you know that is how we sense the moment to moment beingness. Uh, I heard you say one time that you were raw vegan as you were a professional athlete. That's got to be quite uh, difficult. I was I was also the same for a sh- very short period of time. And I've really struggled with it, yeah. Um, I love experimenting. So for me, it was a really, a really fun uh, experiment. Um, I I did eat a lot of meat before that and growing up. I, I was always very intentional with my nutrition and based on the knowledge I had, was was trying to consume and eat uh, as healthy as I can. Uh, obviously, the, the knowledge that I had was very limited and, and uh, not necessarily uh, proper, uh, like like uh, a lot of the information that we have. Um, so I just uh, again just natural curiosity that led me to okay how how do I make this body how do I feed it with with what it actually needs and then then I, I never listened to it I never asked it what it needs. I, again, I fed it based on what I've been given to it or, or information that, I, that I've been, give, been given about what it needs, but not from inquiry about wh- what do you need? Like like we, we ask ourselves about um, where do I want to go next? Why don't we ask our bodies? Um, and that led me into a great uh, rabbit hole <laughs> of, uh, of learnings uh, that I just dive very deep into things. I, I probably spent thousands of hours uh, in my early 20s uh, reading and experimenting. So it was, I think, like a, a three-year period of starting to remove um, uh, meat and then processed food for my for my diet, then becoming vegetarian, then becoming vegan, then raw vegan. And I think it perhaps was maybe a two, three-year process. And, and I think within that, maybe... For about a year, maybe or so, I was raw vegan. Mm. Um, um, I loved it. Uh, th- th- there is part of me that loved the, the dedication 
interesting. Yeah. It was a it was a lot of work. I, I had to you know I spent first it takes a lot of time to eat because uh, instead of eating like some quick uh, sandwich, you eat like six mangoes or something. It takes time, you know. <laughs> um, and it takes I I used to drive to a farm to get the the, the best uh, quality ingredients and stuff like that. So it it was in a way I had two two jobs. Basketball and finding food for myself. Mm. <laughs> um, so I, for most of that period, my mind and body and 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 personality, like sense of confidence, sense of self, was the best that it's ever been until that point. I, I, you know, people say like you become a Superman. I really felt on, on that level, my quickness, my 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 sharpness, my athleticism. Everything picked. I was in. Sh- I was in shock myself. I. I couldn't imagine that that I. My. I can perform on this level. It was almost like un- unbearable to comprehend. Um. Uh, I think towards the end, I was uh, uh, getting, and especially with the pressure and, and and breakdown that you that you have for your body in in a, in a professional sports. I perhaps pushed it a little bit too much. Uh, it was also a period where I got injured a little bit and eventually got into a period where my body didn't feel good anymore. Um, it's hard for me to hint it was exactly a part of the diet because there was at, at, at that time some uh, uh, very uh, big frustration with, with my uh, career actually that that put me into a place of like a lot of frustration and anger with it. Uh, also a few injuries that I've been through. So kind of shifted into a period where many things suddenly didn't uh, work for me. Um, and now I'm back, I'm probably 95% vegan, uh, uh, you know, very rarely would eat uh, uh, something that's not. Um, uh, just I... I when I when I feed my body that it it gives me the answer that this is what feels the best nutrition mm-hmm. for myself. Uh, but but truly that that was an amazing experiment and and I I felt really the the recovery uh, the the lack of need for for more sleep or nap or, or crash down in energy. It's it was phenomenal. It was really experiencing a whole new reality and an all new experience of having a mind and body. Mm. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, what, what yeah, you you said that you've been into it a little bit. What what? Or and it didn't work. Or it was hard. So I, I tried to carry on playing football, soccer, wherever you are in the world for uh, maybe eighteen months um, after. I broke my toe and that took a long time to come back. Obviously playing football is very important for balance and everything. That was difficult. And then they had like a chronic, um, you know, the, the kick in motion, the groin and the hip of the right leg, which was my kicking leg. Um, that was just like chronic uncomfort. Um, so I went vegetarian to try and see if that would help it. There was nothing any of the um, physiotherapists could do or anything. Um, and then I, I tried, because that wasn't doing anything. I was taking two, two ibuprofen. I don't know if you have them over there. They're like strong painkillers just to get through a training session. And obviously that's no good for your gut. So um, it just got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore. Uh, but I was, I had turned vegan maybe two or three months before I stopped playing. And then uh, maybe did 
between vegetarian and vegan, maybe five, uh, maybe seven years. Yeah, maybe seven years. And then I was in the gym one day and I thought I, I need some meat here. So I went home and ate some chicken. Mm. And uh, as and gradually, gradually ate more meat and meat to the point now where today where I'm probably about the opposite to you. So I'm about 95% meat-based and 5%, I wouldn't even say it's 5%, to be honest, probably less than that, plant-based. Obviously, that brings up its own questions with to do with the uh, animal welfare and that. And I'd, I can't just dismiss that, which a lot of people do. I can't just do that. Yeah. Um, so I do try and get to the local farms, as you did there, to get the best produce and get the best well-kept animals and it just tastes better to be honest it's just better quality yeah. food you know so i do try and do that as much as possible and you know it's not as expensive uh people use excuses just to get out of doing something that they think they should be doing right they just make excuses for it yeah. and um we can get here in the west midlands of the uk we can get some good quality ground beef for like four four pounds, which is like five and a bit dollars, and that will, mm -hmm. if you just eat that with a few eggs, that satiates me for more or less all day. So you don't mm -hmm. have to be spending lots of money at this time. That's what's working, as you say. That's what works for you. What works for me right yeah. now is that. So yeah, I think that's great. It's uh, regardless, you know, we, we can uh, like like non duality. We can get into a debate of uh, yeah. the best diet and then what it is. Um, let, let's let's say first, if we remove any processed food and any anything that we consume that's processed, um, we already done a great deal for ourselves. Mm. Um, and I think from that point we. Uh, for me, my 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 intuition and body does sense a, a connection to the more uh, vegan mm. uh, type of thing, but but it's it's not a, some ultimate answer, I think, and and we we need to be very present with our bodies and 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 address it based on our needs, and and, and that's right for everything. It's um, sleep. There are periods where we need a lot of it, and there are periods when when five hours a night is is enough, and we wake up full of energy. Um, so it's just being very, very in tune with that. As you say about pricing, I, I think that's also something that we were kind of conditioned to think in a very unhealthy way that you, we go to the grocery store. F first, we don't really bring much intentionality into our foods or anything we consume because it's so easy to consume these days. But this, this is maybe one of the things we have most control on. Uh, the, the food we consume and then has one of the greatest contributions or lack of to to our well-being. Mm. Um, so ju 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 just the idea of driving to a farm, getting to know the person, getting the produce, coming back to your house and cooking it, that, that's, you bring intentionality to that. You you bring care to it. It's, it's yeah. going to transfer differently to your body. Uh, same with a relationship with with uh, with a friend. If if you do it with that intentionality, the nature of it changes. The, how it feels you changes. But you, you say about pricing and, and and that it's not as expensive as people think. We go to the grocery store. And we, we try to consume nutrients for ourselves, and we look for for the cheapest thing and sale and stuff like that. And and we end up often uh, buying things that are are cheap but unhealthy. 
and, and we do all of this comparison, but then when we have a medical treatment, we can spend thousands of dollars uh, without even thinking, without comparing anything, because, because now it's a medical case. Right, so it's 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 again kind of treating the symptom, or in a case of emergency, now we are willing. But but what what if we treat every meal that we have with 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 that level of abundance, and and, and that that will probably save a lot of the much larger expenses that we have on our health. Uh, so I, I think there's a shift in perspective that can be helpful to to all of us. To what if we invest more in the food that we eat and, and less in in dealing with the symptoms of the unhealthy consumption that we engage with. Yeah. Yeah. What come up there was like attention spans as well, because what you've just mentioned is very short-term thinking. So it's like save some money, but long-term it's, you're going to be spending thousands on a medical bill. Whereas if you just think longer term, you're going to be much, and this goes in business and, and everything in life. Um, if you look at TikTok, for example, it's like five seconds constantly yeah. trying to get people to stay on the app and everything. And that's just been rammed down our throat. And if we can just take a second to come back, just be at peace, just for a couple of seconds, you can get back into the rat race straight after, just come back for a few seconds. When I eat, I, I tend to, I don't say it out loud, but I tend to say a prayer and just thank the food for nourishing me and and being part of what will be part of my body and and all this. And I don't do that because I feel like I should do it per se. I do it because life to me is, is completely sacred. There's nothing that isn't sacred. Even the, Mm. even the awful bits of life are divinity playing itself out in certain aspects of us to heal ourselves and, and, to see where we can do better as an individual and as a collective. So by saying prayers to food and, and to others and, and everything else, it's like, um, it's more of what life is asking of me rather than what I can give to life. It's like life's asking for me. I need to give it what it's asking for me. I tend to see people, you know, when they set goals in business, it's very often, um, I will achieve X amount by X date and then X, Y, Z. Whereas, uh, when I've sort of slowed down in the past and maybe meditated for half an hour or something, it, what will present itself is, would I be able to do the bidding of a God right here, right now, if he presented himself or herself? And how would that present itself? Can I do that? So it's more, more than me trying to take from the world in the form of goal setting and money and property, whatever it is. It's now what can I give and how can I possibly do the bidding of something bigger than myself? I love that. Well, one of the uh, things I'm kind of highlighting at times uh, for myself, honestly, and, and also for people I work with, we go, uh, like th- there is a tendency for us to 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 bring more attention or, or, or uh, like like the medical thing, right? We, we, we bring more resources suddenly when in, in time of need. And then we don't create intentionality and 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 practice in in the times of well-being to maintain it or to grow it. Uh, so often in a, a prayer or or, or, a, or a, a challenging time, we would go 
and ask for something, you know, call it from the universe, from the divine, from God, from consciousness, from Mother Earth, um, give it whatever name you are, you are uh, comfortable with. And we go and ask, like, provide me or, or, or give me or, or serve me or, and because I need something right now. Uh, important that we learn to do that, but how often when we are in, in a better place or, or not even in, in times of, of hardships, mm-hmm. uh, but in both times, hardships and well-being, we go to that thing that, that we ask for something for us and that's the thing, how, how I can serve you. How, how how I can be of service to to that and again I, I give it the name that you want um I think so that is something with the question that you ask uh, I think that's that, that would be a very interesting question for all of us to ask at time uh, the, the universe the, the planet how how can we serve you actually rather than oh I don't have something right now can, can you give it to me and, and I pray to get it mm. Uh, is actually how how can I serve that that uh, that um, lend our existence, you know, uh, mm. that, that gives us our existence. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you just uh, get into a habit of listening to what the, I call them the slender threads. I got that from a guy called Robert Johnson. He was a a psychologist, he said, if you if you can notice the slender threads, life is sort of cushioning you in certain directions. And if you look back over your life, you'll notice where you followed the slender threads and perhaps where you haven't. And you've had to have a hammer rather than just a cushion in order to get yourself back onto that uh, journey or path or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think if you just can be quiet and slow down just a little bit, um, you don't have to stop working or, you know, f- uh, running the household or anything like that. But it seems that you jump off a cliff and there's a feather, you know, and it's sort of guiding you into wherever it needs to guide you if you can be present with it rather than trying to fight it and battle with it. Would you Would you agree with that? I 100% agree. Uh, well, one of the... Kind of analogies I like to use for for that uh, journey into understanding of self or the transformation journey is 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 much like the character in a dream you say about uh, jumping off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we have all of us at some point, uh, at least everyone I know, had a dream when they are they are in the dream and they're falling off a cliff, mm-hmm. right? And and that character in a dream really before that happens really try to fight against it mm. right? it, it really doesn't want to fall off a cliff why because it think it will die yeah. right w- what happens when we fall off a cliff in, in our dream the next moment we wake up right yeah so so say, same with with our with the ego in in our, or our perception of, of who we are that is not not in alignment with our nature it, it always think it, it it if it goes in that direction it will die, mm-hmm. but it doesn't recognize that that what what the ego perceives as as death is actually waking up. The, the, this is what really all spiritual traditions, uh, religions, uh, any any kind of understanding into the nature of ourselves into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it, it to the ego it looks like death, 
in the same way that that the character in a dream is afraid of of the of its own death but but it cannot die because it is it's not a real thing and when a real thing something that isn't really real dies so there is a waking up yeah. to to that that it was never real so yeah. maybe that can kind of take us into either so i know we we uh were chatting about a little bit before that this whole concept uh, seemed very uh, with a lot of paradox for for many people and and, and non-duality can seem very uh, um, very dualistic in a way <laughs> to many people or some paradox in it so mm. how how do you find it yeah well speak to that you let let's reconcile the paradox well, what do you find? I listen to a few of your episodes, and mm. and and often that that comes, in and I've listened to obviously other resources of uh, yeah. uh, non-duality conversations. Uh, that that often there is some kind of uh, pointing into the paradox of of understanding it. So where, where do you find that that people call it the paradox? Whether there are people who share the message or people who are interested yeah. in the message? I think that the paradox, um, the fundamental paradox that perhaps people uh, may be living out without recognising it is the nothing, everything philosophical issue. What, Why everything rather than nothing? And the non-dualists would... would probably say i can't speak for them all but they'd probably say this is nothing just happening that's something like tony parsons or jim newman would say right and then the mind because it needs the compartmentalization and the rationalization will try its best to grab onto that but there's there's nothing there to grab onto and therefore i think it creates a sense of a paradox um whether the paradox is real or not is it is probably where we're going to end up going here but the sense of that there is a sense of a paradox in the sense of if there is nothing then how can there be everything and vice versa mm. i i think anything that that uh, that the mind looks at, or which is not the mind. I I don't see it as an inherent thing to the mind or to us human being. I I don't think there isn't and there isn't um, an inherent um, function of that. It's or it's not in the hardware of, of the mind body. Mm. It's 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 a, it's a programmed software. So it, the the software through which the currently the the mind perceives reality, it it looks at. Um, wholesomeness or, or simplicity or oneness and, and and says that's dualistic that's a, a paradox and that's um um but that's only a thought again right mm-hmm. so it's it's uh, um in a way what what we look at and say is is a paradox is actually just a very wholesome mm. concept like like in and yang isn't a paradox is it just it, it, it yeah. must come together it's, it's just very whole mm. um uh, so i i don't know if the paradox is is in um, the the trying to figuring it out rather that 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 um the exact same thing that that it just termed as paradox is is just wholesome yeah. and, and 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 our social conditioning like 
high performance and spirituality seem like a paradox, mm -hmm. but they're actually very complementary to one another. Um, so perhaps this is where some of the misunderstanding uh, around it comes because we, we, we name it as a paradox through the 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 way of, of perceiving that we currently have. Like um, if you put a, a, a if there is a bug in your um, Excel software, it, it will it will give an error message mm. every time you do and and, and and but the error message isn't inherent or or there is nothing you can't fix the error message by by trying to do anything to it. You, you need to fix the, the 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 bug in it like like by bug in any software. Mm -hmm. So the, the the name paradox or the name that's dual or that's unwholesome, it's it's an error message that that comes up as a result of a bug in the, the software of perceiving. Yeah, that's nice. That's very well put. Mm. I think that potentially it's language that uh, creates a sense of a paradox in that we haven't got the words to use in order to express the English language, in order to express what needs to be expressed. Um, if you look at, as an example, Sanskrit has, I think, 96 words for love, whereas we have one. I think the Greeks had three <laughs> or four. So it's like, what, what are we actually referring to? It's a linguistic issue. And we can't get around that because the language we're speaking is what, you know, what we're trying to uh, describe. So, yeah, I think you've, you've put that beautifully well there. You mentioned high performance and spirituality and the, and the, the, the seeming dualistic nature of those two. Um, I can sit here and say that I sometimes struggle with that today. Uh, I still do. Um, I sometimes think, why am I not just sitting in a cave writing? or considering and contemplating the world, why am I in an office uh, doing business deals and whatnot? Um, how does that show up in your life or or can you speak to how you've sort of brought those two together? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, Alensa, I'm curious also what what um, answers do you receive when you ask yourself, why am I, why aren't I in a cave uh, just writing and, and, and doing that and you are in an office? Do you have any... Obviously, I don't think you have uh, some final answer to it, but mm -hmm. what what are some of the insights that come to you from this questioning? Um, that's a good question. The the insights that come to me there uh, are very, usually the very unclear. That's first of all, and secondly, it's I'm a young man, relatively speaking. And seemingly throughout all of human history, young men have, have gone into the world and, and uh, created things or might have had to go to battle years ago, whatever it was, in order to um, satisfy their soul. It seems to be ingrained in the DNA that I can't speak for women, of course, but young men need to go out and do things and, and interact with reality in order to create in, yeah, in order to become whole in a, a mental and psychological and spiritual sense, the need to go out and do that. Um, I do a little bit of work with a couple of guys who sort of fell into, to, I call it heavy spirituality, very young, and they seem to have missed that stage and they sometimes have to go back into it, set up their own business, have five or ten years really going at the business, and then they feel a sense of 
okay, achievement. I can know it's like um growing up. It's not just waking up. You have to grow up. A lot of people don't grow up. They do wake up, but they're still running patterns of childish behaviour and things. Whereas in business, you have to grow up because you're dealing with people in reality that don't uh, resonate with you. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the problems that come up with that big numbers and the stress that that brings in certain deals and whatever? Um, so in a roundabout way, in a long, uh, a longer way of saying it's a grow up. Yeah. And uh, no, I thank you for sharing. Uh, I, I wrote a, an article some time ago that I called Business Bodhisattva. Okay. Uh, it, it, it talks about these two two parts of ourselves. Maybe we can uh, put it in the description. Yeah, I think it will be interesting. It's not necessarily talking to the high performance and spirituality exactly, but uh, it's I, I share kind of my experience or or, or um, balancing the, these two aspects of why I can see myself, I could see myself many times as a monk in the mountaintop monastery, let me sit in silence, I, I don't really need to interact with people, I'm perfectly in my own silence, I enjoy it. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like a great deal for me. I don't need to be in a nice resort in, uh, in uh, you know, luxury and stuff like that. Uh, you know, um, mm. some lentils, rice, and then sitting in a, a pillow in a nice uh, monastery. Uh, I can probably, for myself, be okay with that. Uh, many times in my life, I saw myself also as this kind of like more... CEO type, uh, you know, studying something very large, a uh, whole business, uh, you know, I, I was never really attached to to a, a luxury or, or a, a material, a, a high wealth, I will call it. Uh, obviously, all of us uh, wants to uh, provide our livelihood, uh, but, but also could see myself, you know, start, this driven part of me really could see myself starting something uh, very large uh, in operations and in a business and stuff like that. Um, and, and, and for myself, for many years, I saw them as separate, right? It's like, oh, I'm becoming this successful figure uh, or, or I'm going uh, to retire as a monk uh, and, and disengage. Mm -hmm. I'm still questioning. I'm, I'm, and, and, and I hope I never stop really. So I, I, it's not, um, a, I don't have a, a final answer. I, I think at least for now, I, I, I do find a way that both of them are, are, um, are, are in alignment for me and they don't, these two energies don't fight one another. Um, um, and also when I ask myself this question, why don't I retire to uh, outside of society? Um, the, the, the answer I'm getting for it, it, it would just feel very right to me. It's not, it's, I don't feel like it's, it's a, a choice there that I'm doing. It's just when I'm questioning about it, what I'm always coming back into is, is that there's, some kind of, of passion that, that comes from compassion to 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 bring it to society mm. um, and and again I, I don't see myself as a teacher or a guide or, or or anything that that is significant or has anything more important to share than anyone else but but in a way what keeps me involved in our society as it is 
is is some so something that doesn't want to disengage out of this engagement that is there's something that wants to to exactly engage with it in within the troubles of, of our society um perhaps it would be an example for some people perhaps not i you know it's 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 not for me but there is something that says it needs to happen in this environment uh, and and not to disengage from a place of um, uh, uh, I'm over it. Mm. Uh, I am over many things. I am over, you know, um, shallow interactions and, and all of these conversations about um, uh, where my next vacation will be and, and uh, the next promotion. And, and, and uh, you know, it's it's very, I, I don't dismiss it just... I, I, very, I have very hard time at this point finding any interest mm. in it. Uh, so I, I, I am over a lot of, of how how we conduct our life in in, in, in the normal way in, in the modern society. Mm. And and why I'm still here for now <laughs> uh, is there is something of, of integrating it into this messy messy reality or messy part. Mm. Um, I, I do have a, a dream or a vision to build a place, a center that that um, would would uh, I don't know if even TH would allow people to experience their, the the nature of their being and and, and the unconditional freedom of it and go back to their life from from that place and and that more and more of us just just see the beauty of it. You know, it's we we, we right now look at the world and see so much conflict the, the only my only ask or or wish is is that we look at this world and then just see the the sheer beauty of it and then the unconditional nature of it and and release all the need to to fight over anything and and, and to hoard anything you know it's just uh, i i see it can be so simple mm. you know i just see that it can be so simple so as for now there is something that that keeps me here uh, I don't know if it will remain forever or not. Uh, it's 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 an easy question. It's it's a hard question. Perhaps um, what I'm perhaps trying to find is 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 a new model as well. You know, uh, I don't know how much longer will last the the, the uh, monastic life or so. Right, life life um, is is becoming a modern many of the great teachers updated the teachings you know uh, mm. over time mm. uh, so even even the, the what i wrote the business bodhisattva is trying to create a, a new way for it to be you you can and which in my case and people i work with you can be a business owner and a monk and a bodhisattva through through having what is what we call as, as a business or, or mm. um, occupational mm. um a profitable thing that that the essence of it is not profit yet you need to provide for your livelihood uh, it's definitely an interesting challenge <laughs> that that doesn't have a, a perfect equation to solve uh, what requires a process of self-inquiry yeah and you can be anywhere in the world um in any it's easy for me to sit here saying this in in relative comfort but in any condition and you can do self-inquiry mm, whenever wherever it's available to everybody it doesn't matter how much money you've gotten or you know if you're living in a, in a slum in india well um that's available to you um 
eternally, right? So um, yeah. the betrayal. Uh, funny enough. Funny mm. enough, <laughs> the, I think probably more people in uh, mm. uh, the poverty of India, uh, in, in places in India, not, not all of India, obviously, um, perhaps see it and understand it better than all of us with uh, nice uh, apartments and houses in, in big and uh, nice cities with great uh, positions that, that we 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 don't recognize it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's definitely not conditioned by uh, by lifestyle. Yeah, and you can also on that point say, well, look look at the the conditions that are in India and in other third world countries. Like it's very easy to knock the West. Western civilization because of the, the calamities that they cause and they do, but also they've also created the, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we've sort of hit the the first couple of rungs on that ladder by the, the, the systems and processes that have got us to where we are. We just need to transcend and include them as we keep going up that ladder. We seem to be stuck at the moment. Uh, uh, if we look at India, maybe they haven't hit those two, but they've got the self-transcendent stage at the top. They just haven't been able to satisfy the need for shelter, food, and yeah. all these other things. So it, it's that it's not a paradox, but it's that um, yeah. you know balancing act, as you said there, whereby uh, th- maybe that's the a good analogy for high performance and spirituality is uh, Western civilization and, and places like India. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the hierarchy of needs. I I can't remember. I recently had a conversation with someone, and I said, you know what? I don't think that our basic needs are um, shelter, food, shelter yeah. stuff. Mm. I, I think our basic needs are freedom, love, uh, presence, because it's our it's our nature. So in a way. We need to twist the the pyramid. Uh, self realization, yeah. self self realization is is the first need, because anything that's being built and and organized, not from that place, is is being organized in a harmful way, eventually. Mm. Uh, so so until there is a recognition of our true nature, we everything that we create, everything that we engage with. Is is sitting on some false perspective or, or, or bug in the software. So, mm-hmm. the systems and way of of living that we create around it, and the way we function individually, lead to to separation, lead to exhaustion, lead to poor well being. Mm-hmm. Uh, so perhaps for for the basic um, um, needs of of uh, of um, living in our society to be met. We we first need to meet the need of of, of we can call it self-realization of, of the the most essential need all of us ever want underneath the, the surface is is to to know the nature of ourselves uh, and some people we can call it fulfillment or freedom the, the only place all of this ever happened is is it knowing who we are or the nature of our existence uh, and then from that place. The rest of the things will, will happen in alignment and in, in ways that, that can grow, not lead us to, mm. to I think that the dichotomy uh, of or uh, uh, the big gaps in in uh, wealth and resources and access to things. Uh, mm. Yeah, well said, well said, uh, Gilad. We've been going an hour and a half here. Uh, 
it's getting a bit late here. I need to wrap up. Um, thank you for your time. Would you come back and we'll do a part two? I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's been been a pleasure. And we've covered ground here that, generally speaking, we don't cover um, in this topic. So um, thank you for being open and honest and authentic with, with what's yeah. been said. Um, enjoy your day. I think it's early there, isn't it? 10 a.m. or something? Uh, midday for me, what, 11.30 right now. Uh. Uh, yeah, thank you for providing a space to to be real and authentic and and, and uh, have a wonderful conversation. I appreciate it. And yeah, I, I look forward to doing another one. That would yeah, be we'll do it. Yeah, cool. We'll talk about that retreat center. Awesome. Kagila, thank you. Cheers. Thank you.